Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Folks, I need to share my thesis for the housing market with somebody who probably looks at the housing market more than I do, certainly at a national basis. The one and only, the amazing Lance Lambert from Fortune. How you doing, sir? Good. Housing, housing, housing. Always a lot going on. Yeah, you know, I certainly know my market of Fresno, California better than you, but you know the country 100x better than I do. And I want to just share with you my country thesis for the housing market because I don't think it's being covered well or accurately by most people. You do an amazing job, but I think most people miss it. They treat they treat the housing market as one market, and I believe that is a fatal flaw. You ready for it? Hit me. So again, I always tell people to look at their buy box or their market. So again, there is no national housing market. There is your local market. But what I really want people to understand is even in your market, and I'm going to pick on Fresno, California, because it's the only thing I can talk about with certainty. I want everybody today to do this right now. Write down the median home price for your MSA or your area. And for me, I'm going to call it 400 so we have easy math, okay? I believe there are three markets. First, luxury. All right, what's luxury? I call luxury 2X the median. Mm. So in my market of Fresno, California, $800,000 is what I'm considering luxury. Lance, that market is dead. Listings are piling up. I'm seeing days on market of over 100. I'm seeing six-figure price drops. I'm seeing expireds cancellations, withdrawals, that market is dead. And I believe that's probably countrywide. Market number two, I call this the move up market. It is the median, which is 400 to 800. That market, traditionally speaking, is the most important, the most transactions. It's where you're a seller of one and you're a buyer of the other. I believe that market is frozen because aka the fed broke housing it allowed lots of people to have interest rates that are now assets sub three percent they are going to stay in their homes longer than average so that market is growing with inventory perhaps but also demand is off it's just it's not functioning as normal and then there's the hot, 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 which I don't think people are talking about. It's the median and below. In my market, again, 400 grand and below. And if you're 75% of the median, that market is white hot today. And I think so many people are talking about housing and the six-figure price drops and the this price drop, and they're not segregating the market. Uh, I think inventory is the tightest sub-median. And I'll give you one more example and I'll let you react. So I had a, I had a, an agent, a top 1% agent do all of these queries in the, in the, in the MLS, right? Actives pendings, active pendings to show you how hot 
below the median was in his market. Uh, they had 230 active listings. They had 400, almost 500 pendings. Hmm. That two to one ratio is not what most people would expect. But again, luxury, there's like nothing pending, right? And days on market is crazy. So I think first time home buyer homes are hot. I think that market is only going to get hotter as rates come down. I think inventory is non-existent because the move up buyer is not selling first. So I don't know. When I look at housing, I want people to think these those three segments. How does that feel to you? Am I am I off? Am I crazy? I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, well, I would say the hot, hot, hot. I would say that on a maybe on a relative basis. Sure. Um, Re yeah. Uh, just given how much mortgage rates have went up and how many, you know, how much it's slowed down things, and also just not a lot of inventory too. Uh, but it is competitive in a lot of markets still, especially as we move into the spring. There, I I think uh, with luxury, obviously the stock market is a huge part of that. Uh, what are, what's the S and P 500 down? Is it what? 30%? Yeah. 28%. Yeah. Yeah. And the fear of a recession where you could go down another, what, 20%. I think yeah. that's, uh, at play there. Um, and then obviously just how much the luxury had moved up because there was this psychology during the pandemic, the first two years where there was a great wealth effect where it was everything. Your home was soaring, your stocks were soaring. Uh, you know, if yeah. you're into it, maybe your crypto was soaring, soaring. That's yeah. not, not storing. Uh, well, now it's snoring. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but and and so now all of the asset classes, except really real estate, um, have have moved down quite significantly. So there's that wealth effect. Uh, also, the rates there too matter. Mm -hmm. um, oh yeah. And, and so there's that market, the move up, like you said, uh, a lot of people have these fixed rates. It doesn't make a lot of sense in a market where you've gone to seven, but also I think what matters here too is volatility. If mortgage rates would just hit five, eight and stay there. Yeah. I think over time, you know, the move ups like, okay, whatever, that's the new market. Right. Uh, I really like this home, but the volatility is a big factor as well. Uh, but yeah, move up, uh, which also has an impact on inventory because, you know, it's a move up buyer, but also move up seller. Exactly. Um, the first time, um, you know, we're hearing a lot of reports about the potential for uh, rents to come down. Maybe that's in some index indexes, uh, but actual rents going down, the people are paying very unlikely. And actually yeah. they've gone up so high that it's really, uh, it's hot coals under renter's feet, right? Mm -hmm. They want to get into the housing market. Right. Um, and so there's still that push uh, because rents have moved up so high in such a short period of time where it is kind of, kind of hot coals for these first time buyers. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think there is um, an impact on the aggregate data. If you look at the impact, uh, look at the indexes like Zillow, the Zillow, Zillow value index, which is done down nationally, but not as much as Schiller, Zillow just looks at the middle 50%. They cut off okay. the top 25, they cut off the bottom 25. And so when I do my regional charts, I'm just using Zillow. Um, okay. And it, it shows a lot fewer, it, it shows really half a market still at their peak and half not. Hey, Schiller shows everybody down. 
uh, for the 20 that they measure. Yeah, the 20. Uh, so I think that's telling. Now, a market that it has down and not, it's still at its peak, Zillow still has at its peak, like let's say New York, that it still has at its peak. Well, Kay Schiller only has them down like 1.4. So it's not like a huge difference, but if you do just look at the middle, it's not as much. Although places like Austin are down 10. Just yeah. in, so there, you know, um, it, it has happened. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah. uh, again, I think a lot of the markets that are down, call it 7% plus, Without even knowing the list, I would guess most of them were iBuyer concentrations. That is going to go down, historically speaking, as something that exaggerated the upside, then they will exaggerate the downside, and then the market will heal itself. Just it, it, That that iBuyer program or business model, it's going to go down as a billion-dollar loser. Just free money. Just a, an interesting idea executed badly. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Although, you know, if it rebounds, those who uh bite now, you know, maybe they'll make some cash. Uh, maybe you know, open door one dollar. Uh, yeah, yeah. Crazy, crazy. Uh, I I do have a chart I would like to show you, and it it's actually oh. from Open Door. Now that I brought them up, let me see. All right, I just gave you access. So this chart shows. Uh, pricing patterns over the past decade. I think you might have liked this tweet too. So let me share my screen. Yeah, I, I, I watch your stuff. So yes, I probably did. Oh yes, I remember this one. Yeah. Okay. Oh, this isn't the, let me see if I have another one. I think I have a better one. Okay, I won't, I'll just go back to that one. <laughs> I have to remember what I put in the tweets, then I can search them and find, find them all. Okay, so here it is. Um, so this chart shows month-over-month uh, -month pricing for the past decade, or at least going back to 2014. And if you watch my cursor here, here's the trend. You come into the year, it's a little soft in February. And then here goes the spring season, uh, yeah. March, April, May. And this really right here and this mm -hmm. run through June, July, that's really the year's appreciation usually happens. Right. And so then you start to soften and then this is zero right here. And okay. so you see some years in September, you kind of dip under that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then you kind of make your way back by November. And then into January, you're a little up. And then you come over here and repeats the cycle. And yep. every line pre-pandemic is right here. It does not deviate past this cursor. Look at that. Every single one of those years is right there. Yeah. Like right there. Then you have the pandemic. And mm -hmm. here's 2020. And boom, 2020 hits. And it drops very fast. And we actually had a little bit of a falling price for one month. Uh, not in the case Schiller because it's an average of three. Uh, and then it moves up, right? And here right. goes the pandemic housing boom. And right here, from this moment to today, 
we have been out of our normal pricing for home prices. Interesting. So th um, for 30 months, we've been out of, you know, out historical of, up norms. or down. Yes. And my okay. view is this, this mortgage rate shock and what the Fed's doing is going to shock us back into some type of normalcy uh, is, you know, kind of been where my mind has been. But so you watch it go up and here we are, we're off to the races and each month, this line is a 1%. So every month we're 1% home prices. Yeah, look going. at that. That's crazy. Um, and a little bit of a seasonality there comes into the year. And let me make sure I'm on the right one. It's this one. There it goes. Historic spring market 2021. Wow. Um, and it's just ripping. And right here, uh, as it decelerates, a lot of the narrative was in housing. Oh, okay. You know, we're past this. We're going to go back to normalcy, right? But inventory moved up a little bit through here. And then it started going back down really yeah, fast. It, it did. And then we yep. got this late fall boost, which never really happens. No, uh, I remember I remember agents talking about it. They didn't know what was happening. Yeah. I yeah. And time. so we're off of it. And then we come into this year. And that 2022 right here, when we came into that year, 2022, mortgage rates still at 3%, the Fed effed up. Because the, Fed, the Fed broke housing. Yeah. It, they were too far behind. And... Mortgage rates were too low after such a run-up and inflation was ripping and they got behind. Um, and there are some theories that it was political because Jay Powell, you know, that spring he was up for his five-year- He's up for re-election, yeah. Yeah, and so maybe that was a part of it, but it's ripping, ripping. And it actually goes to its all-time high right there in the spring. Wow. And right there is where that mortgage rate shock hits and we just watch it fall down and then it and then it looks like okay maybe it's to pattern maybe it's pattern and then we actually just see runs it. through it yeah yeah and this is why we got these negative k shillers which we yeah. haven't got over month k shillers in 10 years because right there uh and from july august september october uh, we saw prices falling that last one we actually saw a little bit of um a deceleration in the price drop. And it so it'll be interesting to see what these next two from the case Shiller look like. I, I got a uh, report from Goldman Sachs that believes that November and December will be lower than the October one was. Oh, and okay. what they're saying is because it's a three month um, average is that actually last year when mortgage rates, remember they went up to six in like mm -hmm. June, July, and then they mm -hmm. fell down to like 4.9. In August, yep. they're saying that cooled the cuts in prices. And so yeah, that as you would expect yeah. for October, because you know, lag. And then we'll see mm -hmm. what November, December looks like. But the guess is even if prices were to keep falling, this line, this natural pattern in housing as the spring market comes, it's gonna pull this, right? Mm -hmm. So even if we're still below zero, it's gonna get pulled. Agreed. And that's just how it works in housing. And so I don't know what this line is going to look like next year, but it's going to follow some type of pattern to this. And uh, let's just see uh, yeah. what it looks like. It, if, yeah, it, it'd be interesting to see what it looks like. If prices are falling in March, 
then we probably are going to- That's a problem. If we get appreciation in March and it actually pulls up over zero, then it's like, well, hold your horses. Let's- Let's kind of see what this looks like, uh, but I I really like this chart and I w- I wanted to show it uh, to to yeah, your audience because I, I think it shows uh, what actually happens in housing uh, yeah. throughout the year and and you As can we, see we're about to enter the months where appreciation comes. Yeah, I, I agree. Again, the March uh, I call it the spring selling season. I think most people do. I just artificially pick March fifteenth uh, here. Maybe it looks like it's actually February when it kind of starts, um, but again, it, it's coming. Uh, kind of rounding this conversation out, Lance, do you know of any data that segregates housing data? It Maybe it's luxury and non-luxury or luxury move up. I, I'd have to look at Zillow, but Zillow does a good job. Uh, they would they would have some good data. Uh, Kay Schiller is uh, existing single family homes, but I believe it's all of them. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to take a look at it, but I'm I'm sure there's some good resources. It's yeah. just uh, not how I've been following. Uh, it, it, I, it would, if you want to send them my way or whatever, I think that'd be great. Cause I, I do think again, as a real estate channel, a real estate investing channel, most of my audience is median and below. Yeah. Right. They're not paying in luxury. They're not doing move up at least most of them. And I think the markets are very different, right? You go from ice cold to at least comparatively speaking, I'm calling it hot, hot. And also, one has growing inventory, one is potentially flat or shrinking, one FHA focus, first-time buyer. There's a lot of stuff going on in that part of the market that I don't think is being reported on, and, and I'm just trying to highlight it for folks. Yeah, and that brings up another point, which is a lot of the audience who follows housing to see if prices could crash, um, you know, they're probably not buying in the top half either. Uh, you know, now if you're somebody out there who wanted to buy a second home, uh, yeah, that actually does make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that that's a good point, which is that the bottom half of homes are going to see something very different from the top half. I think, and I think that warrants a discussion. Yeah. I think there's one exception there. Okay. I think, I think shit homes are in trouble and have been in trouble for now. They actually had a run during the pandemic housing boom because just everything was selling. So, uh, I call them a yeah, but homes. That's what yeah. I call them. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's they're they are reverting back to their some normal as they thing. should, as they should. Well, Lance, I appreciate everything you do. Uh, obviously, I follow you follow you on Twitter. I read your Fortune articles when when I get sent them or I find them. Uh, you do an amazing job. All things housing. Thank you for all you do. Where can people follow you or reach out to you? Yeah, they can find me on Twitter at News Lambert or Google Lance Lambert Fortune, and they'll find me uh, find my author page. Yeah, folks, you got to read his stuff. It's all things housing. He does an amazing job of taking all of this data together. I think just last week or last two weeks ago, we did a summary of 24 predictions or 26 or something. Uh, So he does. He just blankets, blankets the country. Lance, thank you so much. Awesome.